The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC friends, David Zatella with another episode of PPC Rockstars with a, a really cool guest. Uh, we're going to talk about content campaigns today, and my guest is my friend Michael Flores, my friend, my client, my collaborator, my provocateur. Uh, Michael and I are writing a book together for Wiley Cybex called uh, PPC in One Hour a Day, the, the ultimate soup to nuts guide to everything that advertisers need to know to be successful PPC. Is that right, Michael? It's going to be a really good book. It's going to be the best book, the ultimate, the Bible. So, you uh, Michael, read for, over for those people who don't... Before you send it to the editors. Do I read it over myself? That, no, do you have Wills read it over? Oh, no, no, I don't have anybody read it over. I'm always so late that I'm, I'm just panicking to get it in. I, I, for the, right before I, I hand it over to the editors, I have my wife read it. Um, That's brilliant. She actually used to be an editor for Wiley, like, 10 plus years ago, but she reads uh-huh. it like she has, she doesn't know what a, a PPC is. You're like, what's a, what's a PPC? And she's like, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> then she tells me if something's awful and then I cut it out. Like in the first chapter I wrote was um, about how the auction works. It was like maybe the second section and like, you know, how, how the auction works and how ads appear and in what order on, on the search engine result pages. So I wrote this like two or three page thing about everything that that I'm sorry about something that all of us had seen in in movies with with the loner in the back of the room and a widow with a veil and an auctioneer yeah, and, and an oil baron all vying for some kind of stuffed monkey and she was like that's yeah. awful you should definitely cut that out everyone knows what an auction is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, it's my favorite part. She's like, no, it's well, terrible. And then I rewrote, reread it, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty terrible. I'm glad I didn't turn that in. But now all of the listeners of PPC Rockstars know, know my dastardly secret. Well, you know what? I, I think I have a good idea, which is that we should, we should publish the, the stuff on the cutting room floor. We'll call it uh, PPC One Hour Outtakes. <laughs> and uh, publish that separately. Listeners, if you like that idea, send me an email at david at clicksmarketing.com. Thank you. And, Michael, you, your <laughs> title uh, is, it, is, like, is a uh, group, pre- group marketing president for Artist Health. Is that right? You, what happened? Or was it, I talking and then you're trying to say something? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get your title, the, 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 uh, your job title, which I think is, is group marketing chairman for uh, Artist Health. Is that right? I'm a vice president, David. I was being facetious, but now I'm really impressed. Uh, okay, let, let's let's give these people something to to, uh, to make money on. Uh, we're going to talk about a strategy for contextual advertising campaigns that uh, we think is the best way to get the the best possible conversion rates and the best volume. Um, last week we had David Rodnitsky on, and we went through 
um, several uh, good tips about contextual advertising, and uh, that that's good background for, for this discussion, as is uh, a mini-book that I've just uh, published, and it should be out by the time this is broadcast. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, again, send me an email, and I'll, I'll uh, either send you a copy or send you references to it. So here's, here's the uh, strategy. Uh, the strategy is that um, every content campaign should have two pieces that are, to some extent, copies of each other. Uh, one is the keyword, keyword targeted part, and the other one is the placement targeted part. And think of the keyword targeted part as the harvester of fine sites and bad sites, and placement targeted uh, campaign as the real workhorse uh, that actually gets the conversions. So the keyword targeted campaigns are basically running to find the sites that perform well and find the sites that do not perform well. So we'll go through this step by step. Step one is create keyword targeted campaigns. Step two is run placement performance reports, and how frequently you run them it depends on how fast moving your your, your uh, clicks and your data are. But uh, run the placement performance report. That will show you which sites convert well for you and which sites do not. Uh, step three is for the sites that are burning your money, use the site exclusion tool to omit those sites from service. In other words, you're going to say, Google, I don't want my ads appearing on these sites. For the sites that perform well, you put those sites into a parallel placement targeted campaign using the same ads. And uh, by doing so, you can bid separately on each uh, placement or domain or page where your ads are appearing. So you're getting the optimal uh, ROI for each site, site by site, something that is not possible with uh, keyword targeted campaigns. So, there, Michael, there's a lot how does that of sound so far? You just said, David, and yet I, I already have to interject about five times. Go ahead. Number one, I think that we should also note that we should use the site exclusion tool if people are using the category targeting. Do you know category targeting? Ah. Uh, um. I'm not sure this is published. Is it published by Google? Okay. Well, you have to ask your rep, and they'll give you category targeting. You can't do it straight from AdWords. So okay. basically what, what you do is um, you do something along the lines of the keyword targeted, like you said, and you see that, oh, I, I'm appearing on these kinds of sites. These are the kinds of sites that I'm doing well on. And they have internal tools that, that aggregate lots of sites that are well beyond what may have been syndicated. Your ads have been syndicated to by happenstance, Right. So you do a keyword-targeted campaign, and you appear on certain sites. But there are lots of sites that are like those sites that are not the sites you've appeared on so far, right? So they can use category targeting in order to, to help you harvest those impressions. But at the same time, the exact same tools that we use, uh, site exclusion to, to prevent prevent um, bad spend, you can do in category targeting. That's one of the first things they said to me when when they offered category targeting, is like, well, you don't have specific sites, we have categories, but you can use placement performance reports to see which sites you've appeared on, and then we can do the exact same techniques to restrict your, your buy. That's, that's one thing that I just wanted to add. And, but it's funny because if people don't even know about it, then it's not as useful. Well, we will, we will find out about it. Okay, what's, what's the next interjection? Uh, the next interjection is... Uh, just something that you said at the beginning, I, I really always try to say this to people, and when we first started working on the book together, 
I was really surprised when you said, well, we're, we're going to do everything on content, too. And when I had advised about TPC in the past or talked to people and so on, I always think about it from just from search side. And you said something that, which was so profound to me at the time, even though it's kind of intuitive to, to us because we do so much content, which is it's not harder to do content. Content's just as easy as search. In fact, I think you have more margin for error in content. Would you agree with that, David? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yet the amazing thing is the grand, grand potential of AdWords is really in the Google Content Network, not in search. I, I, I've, I, I would guess that I've done 20 to 1 uh, revenues from content to search. I don't know. I've never really thought about it, but I, I would guess something like that. We, we had hundreds and hundreds of, of orders per day in, in content uh, in many campaigns. So I think that that's something that people should be aware of when they, when they approach it. The old way was to simply say, oh, well, we'll turn content off on our keyword-targeted campaigns. And that's right when, when you're working strictly from search at the beginning, but there's no reason why you shouldn't parallel it with content keyword-targeted. But, but the second part of this is that really the grand volume potential is not in keyword-targeted. It's in placement-targeted. Because keyword-targeted can only give you what you're laser sighting for, but placement-targeted and expanding out those, those kinds of sites is really going to give you the great breadth of the Google Content Network, which is the largest advertising network on the Internet. Absolutely. So that's an important fact. In fact, uh, I have seen um, the ex- uh, published articles by experts that say either don't even go near the Content Network or don't expect more than a 5 to 10% uplift over what you get from the Search Network. And we always tell clients and potential clients that uh, advertisers should count on at least 50% of their uh, revenue or their conversions from the content network. And as you pointed out, it can be a lot more. And it doesn't really depend on you know special categories or special industries. I haven't seen any industry or product or service that uh, couldn't sell well on the, on the content network. I, I will do pro tip now. This is pro tip. Okay. Everyone who's listening to this should get out their number two pencil and a college-ruled piece of paper to write down this particular pro tip. When I first met David, it was, I think, two or three years ago at PPC Summit in Brooklyn, New York, right? Right. And That's right. one of the seminars that I sat in, the speaker said something along the lines of, we had a client, and the client had a lot of money, and we couldn't make it work on search. No matter what we did, we couldn't make it work on search. And so that client took the money, and he got on Oprah instead, and then had tons of PR, and then, then was able to make it work on search, right, after, after getting on Oprah. And so I was thinking about this, and one of the limitations about search in general, and I'm sure you tell this to your clients, is that you can't sell something to someone who's not looking for it, not via the search engines, right? If they're not looking for right. it or something like it or a competitor, you're never going to be able to sell that product because there's no searcher. There's no pull advertising there. Now, here's the pro tip. Recently, I launched a product for which there is no market. Literally no market. It's unique. I mean, it does things that are kind of like other products, but really, not not really. When I put the site in the Google Keyword Suggestion Tool, for example, it was spitting out things that were not relevant to to the product, and so I could have bought those keywords, and that would have been just a classic example of a not very good search campaign. Right. What I did instead 
was imagined the kind of people who would want to buy this product. So a persona exercise. Have you talked about persona exercises on, on PPC Rockstars before? I don't think we have. So what I did instead was I imagined who's going to like this product. What kind of artwork do I have on my landing page? What is the promise that I have regarding this product? Who are, who's like the person? How old are they? What are their interests in terms of sports or leisure activities? In some cases, things like who do they want to date? And I thought, this is, this is the avatar of the person that I want to sell to. And what I did yep. was I went on the Google Content Network. I meted out a couple bucks. It ended up being, you know, not, not a huge buy, but also not a completely insubstantial buy. We were ramping up to maybe four digits in daily spend pretty quickly. And I was just saying, buying on certain types of sites. And what we did was, you know, basketball fans, not particularly good customers, but guys who were interested in, like, weightlifting or bodybuilding really liked it. Uh, or at least the landing page that we put in front of them was a generic landing page uh, for the product, so it wasn't customized from that standpoint, which I know is something that you, you, you very much advocate. And then, like, MMA fans, you know, mixed martial arts fans absolutely love this product. So we used that as a stalking horse for the product, and then some things were obviously not profitable to begin with, but then we saw some verticals through keyword-targeted campaigns. I, and I targeted the keywords based on these customer avatars that I developed through persona exercise. And then what happened is we got loads and loads of brand searches because we were putting out thousands and thousands, maybe even millions of impressions on the content network. All right. So, okay, let, let me run through the persona exercise really quickly. And this is laid out in, in great detail in, uh, in the book we're writing, which comes out uh, in January of 2010, by the way. So basically, uh, you do, as, as Michael said, and by the way, this exercise is useful for not just content advertising, for search as well. Uh, you break down your target market into, a, a, into smaller chunks into types of people based on everything from education to location to uh, economic uh, uh, category. And uh, I, you, we have found that it's really easy to break down a, any target market into at least six different subcategories that are very distinct from each other. And we recently did one that was 15 right off the bat. Um, so we list the we list the personas. We talk about their characteristics. Where where do they hang out? What do they like to do? Uh, and uh, we talk about what kind of benefits they would feel if they bought our product and service. And then from there, we do what you just described. We figure out what sites they might hang out on. Uh, for example, if they are triathletes, you know, we, we, did, we did this with a client recently. We identified a subsegment that was triathletes. It's very easy to find which sites carry Google advertising, and there's your set of sites that you use for a placement targeted campaign. Uh, and also, uh, in there are the keywords you use for keyword targeted campaigns. And by the way, they're great for search as well because you find out that um, it's easy to to. Uh, use your intuition to realize that uh, some of these personas use very different ways of describing their needs and their products and services than other personas do. Younger people describe uh, products and services differently than older people do. So it's a great exercise and uh, certainly indispensable for content advertising. What I found in using this technique, and it's funny because I did this before we were working on the book and before you you talked to me specifically about the persona exercise, and I actually went back into your, your columns and 
and read what you had to say about the persona exercise and drew heavily from it for, for some examples for the book. But when I did it, one of the things that I found was really useful is that in the content network, and I feel very strongly about this. I know you maybe you're, don't 100% agree with me on, on this one, but I, I really like image ads, especially flash ads for the content network much more than text ads. And one of the really easy to understand and grasp reasons for that is if I have someone who I think is going to be like a bodybuilding aficionado versus someone who's interested in dating versus someone who's of a particular social niche, I can put visual elements in my advertising uh, that, that speak directly to that audience in a banner that I cannot in, in a text ad. Or if I do it in a text ad, it's kind of like too obvious, right? But if I do it in a banner, it's just something that that person has rapport with immediately. They see, in a sense, themselves or their ideal self in, in the advertisement that I do, and then that's going to lead them to, to click, have interest in the product, hopefully ultimately convert in a way that's very, very different from a text ad even on a search their engine results page. So, so what you're saying is really important because it's you know once once uh, advertisers dip their toe into the content network water, uh, they tend to be stung uh, because of the following facts. Number one is that frequently uh, non-text ads like banner ads perform much better than text ads, and the main reason for that is uh, the first goal of a context content ad is to jump off the page and distract attention away from content and grab attention to the ad. And frequently that can be done much, much more uh, effectively with a non-text ad than with a text ad. I think I would go out on a limb and say every time I've ever, every, in every case I've ever seen, an animated uh, banner ad works better than a static banner ad. And again, it, as, as Michael was saying, it's because it jumps off the page uh, much more efficiently. You can communicate uh, complex uh, pictures worth a thousand words. An animated ad is worth a million words. You can you can convey so much information and emotion and animation uh, much much more than you can in, in a hundred and so a hundred and something uh, uh, characters in a text ad. Hey, Michael, uh, we've got a breakaway for a commercial. I, f- I almost forgot these important messages. Listeners, please stay with us. <laughs> PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, Amazon, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. 
Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as passion.com and fastcupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic maximizing details now at friendfinder.com. Fired up with Gordon Rudo. Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we're back with Michael Flores. Michael, uh, you were about to say something before the commercial. Okay, so this is a twofold thing. I wanted to address both of the things that you, that you said right before the commercial break. Number one, one of the reasons why image ads do so much better than text ads, I think, is because you pay, in general, less per click on the image ads than you do on the text ads. Have you found that to be true? Ah, uh, you know, we're, we're getting into something that, uh, that you've had more experience at than I have. So um, talk about that a little more and also talk about your theory about why that is true. Okay, well, one thing is that we know, I mean, we know from the published documentation that Google optimizes content network syndication of ads to an effective CPM that in order for an image ad to appear in lieu of three, four, however many text ads, it has to win in the, the eCPM, like, sub-auction, right, for that site. And yep. it's easy for you to pay less because a single banner ad can have a better eCPM than all the text ads that would have appeared elsewise if it has 50 times the click-through rate, right? That's, that's easy to imagine, right? Yep. So the click-through rate is so much higher in general on these image ads and on text ads that, from Google's standpoint, they're, they're willing to syndicate a single image ad over three, four, five text ads and charge you less if it's going to get more clicks. Like, they're looking for effective cost per thousand, right? Or revenue okay. per thousand, I should say. Yeah, so, of course. So are you, are you saying as well, or maybe in a different way, that um, because of the fact that non-text ads uh, do better at attracting attention, they get a better click-through rate, which translates into a better quality score, which can translate into a better rank at a lower price. Is that the same thing, or is are, are those I, I would say concepts? it even more simply. I, I wouldn't even use quality score in the in the sentence, although I'm sure. It, it, it affects it in some way. I mean, you've even told me before, sites that get uh, potentially bad quality score problems on search, uh, they might not necessarily have that problem on on content network because it's really looking primarily for click-through rate, right? Yes. And that some of these things don't even, don't even take into account. The other thing is that, uh, especially for competitive placements where there's other text, text ads going on, and here's a really, really easy example for anyone who's been stung in their early AdWords efforts, where they don't separate out um, content versus search, you have a bid that you put in, right? You have a single bid that you put in sometimes for content versus search. Yeah. And you don't separate out your 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 campaigns. And you have the yeah, same you're, you're, you're bid saying, for let's, your Let's be clear. You're saying this is, this is a bad and, practice. Excuse me? 
you're saying this is. I just want to be clear to the listeners that you're you're describing a a bad practice, not a oh, not an atrocious practice. No, but the, here's here's the problem. I mean, beyond the fact that it's a bad practice, the problem is that now you have super inflated bids for text ads. The text ad, yeah. the text click is not worth as much as the as the search click, even in a really really good. Well, no, no, wait a minute. The, uh, the text the text click is not as good as the search. Click I'm sorry, the, sorry. The content text click is not as valuable as the text search click in general. Would you absolutely. agree with that? Yeah, I absolutely, would agree with that. Right? Yes. yes. So, but if you have the same bid, <laughs> you might get charged as much. Yeah, that's. that's and so good, you have all point. of these badly placed text ads that are going into auction with super super inflated bid prices. Good point. So what happens? When you put your text ad in, you have to compete against these ads that have high bids. They might even, not even be good ads with good click-through rate, but as we know, we're going into a CPM auction, and it's not just what your click-through rate is, but how much you're willing to pay per click. You're ultimately going to be charged more money per click on those text ads that are competing with really high bid text ads, whether or not they, they should be there to begin with. That, that's a problem when you're with the text ads. When you're an image ad... You're not competing against those high-bid text ads directly. You're, you're competing against their ad block. Your click-through rate can be so much higher on the image ad that it just wipes away the high, the high CPCs that are being bid in the text block. So there's that. And then second of all, there's the various bid strategies that we have that can give you an advantage in, in image versus text ad. Okay. Are you going to talk about the uh, CPM versus CPC? I, I have found anecdotally, and I don't think there's any any written material by Google about this, that you typically get charged less money per uh, on on, a C, on an effective CPC basis when you do CPM bidding versus CPC bidding. So okay, so you I, could I say you could say per visitor to site. Yeah. Okay. So same same piece of creative going to the same site. Your effective CPC from the CPM campaign is typically lower than the CPC you are charged when bidding in a CPC campaign. And even when you, you make your CPM bid to kind of match what your historical would have been on the CPC, I mean, I would never recommend going gung-ho on CPM to begin with, just to, as a caveat. We, we go in and CPC, and then we attempt CPM later in order to to leverage, you know, arbitrage on that. Now, what happens, I think, and I've, I've talked to various people about this in various roles at various companies, but I think that Google is managing risk on this. And they're saying, well, I have a guaranteed amount of revenue coming from even a lower CPM bid than I would from the effective CPM generated by, by CPC uh, placed, uh, CPC bid strategy image ad. So I think that they're managing risk this way. So what ends up happening is they charge you less based on your, your CPM bid, or a different way of thinking about it is they're apt to syndicate the CPM strategy image uh, with greater frequency, and then you end up getting a break on the effective CPC. The interesting thing about this is that the, the conversion rate typically is less, even though the cost per click is also less, and I'm not sure why. I, I, I've right. always kind of thought there's an, in, an intention to the click in the CPC campaign that maybe it just doesn't translate in the CPM campaigns, but there's no doubt about it. The, the conversion rate is lower 
in my experience, on the CPM-targeted ones. But you make up for it because you just get charged less money. Okay, well, we're gonna ha- we'll, we'll have to talk about the conversion rate offline because to me that sounds impossible. But I want to ask you this: I would think okay. that it's impossible, but <laughs> this is billions of impressions that I've studied okay. this across. Like, okay, so let, 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 let me see if I've got the methodology down. Um, so let's say that I've been running a uh, keyword targeted ad group. And my average CPC is eighty-five cents, and my average CPM is a dollar thirty-seven. Uh, some kind of click-through so, rate if your average CPC is that much higher than your your, so your average CPM is that much higher than your average CPC. Well, let's let's not let's just ignore that for a second. So okay. my average CPC is eighty-five cents. My average CPM is a dollar thirty-seven, and I and I'm bidding. The campaign setting is bidding based on CPC. So I'm bidding. Yeah. You know, somewhere north of eighty-five cents uh, a click. So, are you saying that if I switch the bidding methodology to CPM and just plug in a dollar thirty-seven, that I will get clicks at what works out to be less than eighty-five cents? What I'm saying is that, and I mean, I don't know if this math works out because I have to lay it out. I would not say to change the bid strategy. What I would say is make the exact same campaign. Yeah. Bid a CPM less than the dollar thirty-seven. What you're saying, yeah. you will get impressions, uh, even if it's sitting right next to the other one. And depending on how much you bid and what your daily budget is, all your impressions could go to the other one, the CPM targeted one, even if you bid dramatically less than the effective CPM of the CPC campaign. Of this, I am certain. Okay. I have done it in many different campaigns. Okay. Uh, and I, the the reason is I would not change the bid strategy in the original campaign is I've just never done that. And I think that I'm a big fan of keeping things separate so that I can, other than, there's only one reason not to keep things separate, and I'll touch on that in a second. Um, it keep, so just so that I can keep my data straight. And I just want to point one thing out, which is not obvious to you to begin with, is that there is no quality score issue when you're doing a CPM campaign whatsoever. You're buying, you're, you're bidding on something on a CPM. Google's right. either going to say, does this CPM fit the effective CPM that this or any advertiser needs in order to get this ad placement? If the CPM is higher than whatever CPM they figure they can get on the effectives from text and or image ads for the same placement, you're just going to get the placement. There's no quality score question. You can right, bid whether or not anyone rate, takes an action. You follow click-through rate is ir- yeah yeah sure click-through rate is is irrelevant or meaningless completely irrelevant huh so that's just wild. that's that's okay a, I'm going to try that tonight thing. for sure so uh, and I mean I'm not saying that there's no quality score associated with that ad but we have no published quality scores for these things right it's not like a search ad you, you yeah. can look at the search ad and be like oh that's my quality score for this it doesn't even there's it's not even in the equation now the second thing which is very 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 important. Anytime someone takes the risk and, and the CPM ads, and, and if you don't understand this to begin with, CPM ads carry much greater risk than CPC ads because you're paying whether or not someone clicks, whether or not to take any action at all. We Good have a point. certain amount of risk associated with CPC ads because you pay on the click but not necessarily a sale or a lead, whatever your action you're going for is. On a CPM, you're paying whether or not they click, let alone make a sale. Now, the only thing that's dramatically you have to think about is is the site that your your ad is appearing on does it have 
Google Ads below the fold. If it has Google Ads below the fold, there's, then you could be charged on a CPM basis for an ad that, that a potential customer never sees. So it's different. You know, if there's a 728 at the top of the page, but that, that's an ad unit that they run a house ad on or they use from a different ad network, but they have a bottom ad that's like three articles down, and that's where the, the ad that you're buying on a CPM is showing up, you're going to get killed because their click rate's going to be atrocious there. Yeah. So, hey, hey, Michael, we've got to cut away for a uh, really, really important announcement. Um, so sit tight. Listeners, come on right back. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Here's your bill. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand. I'm telling you, this network is recession-proof. RevenueWire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. SEOC.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOC.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOC.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOC.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we're back with Michael Flores. Michael, um, I think we've run out of time. Uh, two sentences? Was there something any, any you wanted sen- to talk about in this any, call? So, say again? Wasn't there something you wanted to talk about? Oh, we just did it. We just did it. We did the whole oh. thing. It was It was stupendous. Okay. Uh, do you have a tip you can give in two sentences? Short sentences. Yes. Here's my tip. When The reason that you don't separate things out necessarily is because you want to go with conversion optimizer in the long run. You talk about this on... Uh, a lot on uh, PPC Rockstars, David. I don't. Oh, yes, actually, I had the uh, product manager for for uh, conversion optimizer on the show. 
Oh, that's awesome. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Lots of people had, didn't hear that one. So the, the thing is, when you do CPM campaigns, you try to convert them to conversion optimizer campaigns. It tells you to do weird bids. I've never really? done it because it was too scary for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Like weird bids. Okay, so like, for, for, those, for those who, who aren't familiar, uh, Google Conversion Optimizer is built into every Google AdWords account, and it is uh, automated bid management uh, in search campaigns at the keyword level and in content campaigns at the placement level, at the site level, and it works very well. Uh, Michael, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, David. Buy our um, book, January Yes, buy our book in January. Uh, and Michael, are you going to be at uh, SES San Jose? Uh, this year, you know, I was talking to Jordan about that. I don't think I'm going this year. Although I, I okay. did say I wasn't going last year, and then I went anyway. So, <laughs> I well, if I don't so, see you though. there, I'll see you uh, sometime before that in New York. Cool. All right. And uh, listeners, thank you for hanging with us. Come on back next week. Uh, we'll, we have a guest that is not quite as, as awesome as Michael, but almost as awesome. And thanks for listening.